0: how we doing traders welcome to stock market movers where we get through all the headlines and of course get to the experts that you want to hear from don't miss it today we got a great show for you coming on up let's take a look at what are we going to talk about today we'll get into of course the china tech down after export controls getting tougher Wednesday, PPI, Thursday, CPI, Friday, retail sale. A lot of economic data coming out this week to pay attention to. We got JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon taking some shots out there. Um, Looks like computer demand taking a big hit. UBS coming in with some downgrades in the autos. We'll talk about that. PayPal with some policy concern out there. Rivian getting hit hard after some recalls. DWAC got some news out there on Trump media. We'll talk about that. Kathy Wood is definitely in the news for multiple items. We'll get into some earnings outlook this week. What's coming up on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? A lot to talk about on today's show. We'll also get into what was hot today and what was not. Let's get right into the show. Welcome to it, Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch. Let's dive right in. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers, all the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I wanna breathe more than any man alive. How we doing, team? Let's get into the markets. Let's take a look. And it is a red day again, and it looks like we're battling here. So we'll take a look to see what happens in the market, but not looking good as we continue to break through lows. That's definitely not going to help us as we're seeing the downside action. Let's look, I'll take a look into the SPY, the 15-minute chart, now down towards a low of 357.91. Talked about today uh, today on live trading. Would we get down there towards the 357.04? And it's looking like we're not too far off of that. We could break through there as I expect to see potentially some downside action going into the CPI data. Of course, on Thursday, we'll be getting the CPI data. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. But what could be really truly affecting the market today? What is different than it was? Well, I think a lot of this is a lot on the China tech down and export controls getting tougher. So where do we talk about this? Well, this comes into sweeping regulations that are out there for the new U.S. rules, meaning that companies must apply for a license if they're going to sell certain advanced computing semiconductors, or related manufacturing equipment to China. The U.S. announced on Friday that the changes mean that foreign companies will need a license to use American tools to produce specific high-end chips for the sale of uh, sale to China. And I think this is really affecting the tech stocks. Today, we saw NVIDIA continue down. We saw AMD continue down. A lot of these companies really struggling. And I think a lot of this showing us right there that, hey, the expert controls are definitely getting tougher. And the battle here for the chips has just begun. Uh, this is one thing that I've been trying to warn to about on, on this show and multiple shows is watch out because the semis are in a battle right now. And a lot of it is more in our Of course, our fiscal policy, which is something we need to keep watch, right? Monetary is what we've been in the focus in the headlines, which is, of course, focusing on the Fed, the interest rates, how their outlook is. But there's another story that's developing here with deglobalization and the fiscal policy towards that. And as we're seeing the CHIPS Act and more and more pull away from China so that they lose the advantage in the semiconductors, you're going to see a battle here. And I think in the longer run, who loses out here is really the companies in here. It's not necessarily that it's a battle of the U S or the China that one of them wins, they're going to keep battling here. And the people that get hit are the companies I think here. So you got to be careful, especially if we're going to make more of the products here in the U S that's going to be at higher cost, Right. And so what will weigh out here? Will the margins be in, in a better standing if they're made here? Well, I think that's where they're definitely going to take bigger hits. So these companies could be not as profitable as we expect them to be in the future. This is just something that we need to keep on watch, especially in the long-term time frame. All right, Nvidia continuing down there and China China Tech not doing well today either. I mean, take a look at Baba, take a look at JD, a lot of these companies just getting hit hard and we're going to continue to see how the China stocks work, but right now it's not just time to tech; it's affecting all the tech stocks. And a lot of the companies are on their way down right now. Let's take a look at the queues, how the tech stocks have performed today. And you can see how the queues just keep hitting through new lows. And if you take a look at the daily, it looks like we're about to close finally below the low of the 30th. And so continuing on down there in the queues, and we're down towards 263.95. All right. Let's continue going. Let's take a look at consumer price index that will be coming up later in the week. Of course, we need to keep watch what's going to happen here. There's a lot that's going to be coming out. We got Wednesday PPI, Thursday CPI, Friday retail sales. So we need to keep watch what will happen here. Of course, it's expected to be at a slight moderation on the year over year outlook going down towards 8.1%. Of course, this was an 8.3 reading in August, but is expected to increase 0.2% from 0.1% over the month. This is where I get a little bit conflicting. We're going from 8.3 to 8.1. That's only a 0.2 decrease on a year-over-year outlook. Is this what we want to be seeing if we're really here trying to call the pivot from the Fed? No, it's the actual opposite. I think we should be down closer towards 7%, 6% if that's what we're expecting the Fed to do. And, of course, they've stated they're going to continue hiking the rates until inflation is truly turning around. It doesn't seem like, to me, at least based purely on the estimate given here, that this is the exact road that we're heading to We're not heading towards extreme downturns in inflation. It's going to take a while. And for this being said, why I'm a little bit concerned about the overall market. Now, we did get comments from JP Diamond stepping in here, Uh, JP Morgan stepping in. uh, And what did he say? Well, um, you can see here stated these are very serious things which I think are likely to push the U.S. and the world. I mean, Europe is already in recession. They're likely to put the U.S. in some kind of recession six to nine months from now. And so if we're looking at six to nine months from now, where are we looking at? Well, we're looking into the April going into, let's say, uh, July. And so you're looking at until April into July being in a recession next year is what JPM Morgan is stating here. And I think that, you know, we got to be careful. Because if we are going into a recession, then we could still have some downturn to go through. This is where we got to be careful as investors. We don't want to be caught. And the truth is, we don't know what's going to truly happen. But if we take a look at what's happening today, well, you got what? You had the US dollar up. That's not going to be good for stocks, right? Back towards one thirteen twenty-seven. We need to keep watch to see if we can get back over the 114.10 mark on the DXY. That's going to be a big price point to see. That's where we turned around last time and started getting more of that rally back up. So keep your eyes on the DXY. We've also been focusing on WTI, right? And in crude Well, crude is going sideways today. I wouldn't necessarily say it's going down. It did pull down a little bit, but I would say it's more in a sideways trend and we need to keep watch on WTI to see if we're going to crack 90. I think if we can hold 90 and start making our way back towards 100, you could see another push in the oil stocks as we continue to push right now. They did do a little bit of a pullback today. We'll get into those stocks when we get into what was hot today and what was not. Let's continue towards the next headline. We're going to talk about the computer demand taking a big hit. And I think that this is not helping, especially what we've been seeing in tech. The tech concerns continuing as computer demand now takes a hit. And we could take a look at some of these stocks. uh, But I'll just pull up here, Dell, to kind of give you guys a perspective here. And we're going to show you guys the Dell technology chart here as we got some news to come out. So uh, this came from International Data Corporation. And so global personal computer shipments declined 15 percent year over year in the third quarter, according to IDC. Lenovo, uh, HP, Dell declined, saw year over year shipments fall by 16 percent, 28 percent and 21 percent, respectively. Global shipments totaled 74.3 million in the quarter, down from 83.3 million in the same period last year. Of course, Microsoft and Intel are definitely on watch with this, as we've been seeing Microsoft take another leg down. Why are you seeing this? Well, I think this is a lot to do with the pre announcement that came from AMD. A lot of people are concerned to see what's going to happen in Microsoft's earnings that are set to be released on October 25th. So we'll see what happens there. And we also got Intel that reports on the 27th. And so a lot of people are wondering, will the computer demand take a big hit and even hit further down Microsoft? So you're seeing Microsoft continuing to leak down now down towards 227 and this was definitely one of my top shorts today as you're seeing this daily chart really just start letting go. And when this happens, we could continue coming down. Next monthly low is an important thing to kind of keep on watch. The next support for me if this breaks here around the 225 would be a move down towards 199. So 200 would be the next stop for me on Microsoft as we're seeing these big companies just start letting go. When the leadership let go, You got to be careful. All right. As we see like leadership, NVIDIA continuing down, that's not a good sign. Let's take a look at that Intel. Intel, we thought would maybe get a little bit of a bounce, was really weak. Well, continuing down today and getting down there towards almost $25 as Intel continues to just break through lows and lows. And now we're back towards pricing that you could have got on Intel back in. The dot-com era, the uh, 1999, we're in February. And so we'll see. Will we get back down closer towards, let's say here, 97 pricing in Intel? It looks like it's heading down. And look at that monthly chart. In just a couple of months, Intel has truly gotten hit hard. All right, getting out of the Intel talk. Let's go ahead. Let's continue going into the headlines. Let's get to the next headline up. We're going to get into the UBS downgrades in the autos. Like always, team, if you guys have something that catches up, Mitch, get that oil up. Well, it's just taking a pause, Sydney. It's just taking a pause. That's what I feel, but. Like always, you guys make your own investment decision. If there's anything that caught your radar, make sure you throw it up in the chat. I'll make sure to cover it. And if by any means, if it's something that's outside of the headlines today, I can cover it just towards the end of the show. We do got a great interview coming up at 145. I don't want you guys to miss that. We have a great interview. And so like always, one of the things that we want to do is keep you guys in the informational edge. That's what it's all about here on Stock Market Movers. We got Shayna Orzi Zizzle, and this is going to be really interesting because I'm going to get into a lot of the tech talk. I want to find out about the tech concern. I want to find out if the Fed is going to actually get us into recession or are we in recession right now? Let's continue going towards the headlines as we get into the next one. We're going to go ahead and get out of the computer demand as you guys are seeing the DWAC vote get pushed back here. And DWAC is definitely a stock that I've been giving warnings for, I think, ever since it came out, really ever since that big drive on up that drove towards 170. Man, I can't believe that day. But, yeah, it definitely drove up that high. And now we're towards $16 on a name like this. And so what's going on here? Let's talk about it. So here it has all to do with, of course, the voting that is being out there. Vote to delay Trump media merger with Digital World Acquisition Corp postponed for another three weeks. One thing to note about this story that I think is interesting is if you're looking at DWAC and following this story, there actually was an executive At Trump Media, that filed a whistleblower complaint to the SEC and said that he believes the company will go bankrupt. I'm also in that camp. And so, with this being said, was this kind of more amused to kind of get people thinking about a social media platform that could potentially be? Kind of what Trump wanted, right? Free speech, right? You could say whatever you wanted on there. Well, it looks like it's not going through and they keep pushing back the vote. So I think in the long run, this deal breaks apart and you get left with nothing here. So we'll see what happens there with DWAC, unless you got the units. Um, that's the only thing that I can see kind of still being valued there, but I've not taken a look at the DWAC units lately. You guys let me in the chat. Let me know if those units are even valued, uh, right now, but definitely it's not something that I think actually catches play. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look. Um, let's get into some different areas. Now I want to go ahead and get towards those auto, uh, downgrades that I, I was going to talk about, which are those UBS. Let's get towards Ford, Ford getting hit hard. And it was a very simple pattern early in the day. Let's see if that pattern is still kind of showing up here and you could see it kind of recovered. It broke down and then came back. Let's talk a little bit about Ford and why it's down today. I'm going to uh, get these drawings out of here so you guys don't get distracted by it. Before it is down there towards 1120, took a big hit in the after hours on, um, well, it was at the 405 uh, with the downgrade of UBS here. Let's, let's give that information. So UBS coming in with a downgrade on Ford Motors to sell and lowering the price target towards $10. Ford ranks behind GM in terms of North American EBITDA margins and in light of likely recession, the highest risk of testing break-even points, in our view. Uh, UBS also stated that the European business could become loss-making against a difficult macro backdrop and potentially set back the restructuring achievements made. And so Ford getting hit hard there. And I think that another thing to keep in mind, and I've been talking about this, is recession concerns. We talked about it last week with multiple stocks. I also brought it up with what stock? Well, one of the stocks was Ford. And the reason why I brought it up was that their price on the Lightning kept going higher. And the only thing that I was thinking was Who was going to be left paying this kind of bill for an expensive EV? This is where I'm really concerned about the automakers going into next year because I think you're going to see demand just fall off a wagon. And I think this is the same thing that UBS is seeing also in a stock like General Motors. So let's talk a little bit about General Motors here. General Motors also taking a big hit here. Let's take a look at the stock. You can see it got down there towards 31, 31 uh, tens. It already has bounced back towards 31.80s. It, we'll see if it gets back through the opening price, but it closed at 33.66. So it's still a big drop overall. Take a look at the daily chart. Doesn't look good right now for General Motors and some of the comments from the note. Well, UBS downgraded GM from buy to neutral and lowered its price target from 56 to 38. While we continue to like GM's EV momentum in 2023 with a strong IRA compliant launch pipeline, the overall sector outlook for 2023 is deteriorating fast and so that the demand destruction seems inevitable at a time when supply is improving. This is exactly what we're going to see. I think that One of the real negative things here for the autos is not necessarily only that they might sell less vehicles next year, but when I really think about it, overall, they've been going through some big supply chain concerns, right? Right when they're going to get to the point where they're probably going to be able to get around the supply chain concerns, they're going to go into what? Another concern, recessionary concern consumer not being able to purchase the vehicles that they're trying to go ahead and push on out. So I think this is exactly why I think in the long run, I don't like GM and Ford for next year. Doesn't mean that I don't like them for 2024. I think at some point you're gonna go ahead and even get further incentives to buy EVs. So in the long run, I think GM and Ford will be okay. But in the short run, in the next three to five months, I expect to see downturns in these stocks as they get hit harder and harder with recessionary concerns. All right, getting out of the UBS mentions for those autos, how did Tesla trade today? Well, it's down also on this news, and it looks like Tesla is just trading kind of sideways here. Uh, but some other manufacturers, right? Fisker um, and Rivian. Let's go to the Rivian news and talk about that. So Rivian coming in here, and this is not going to help their outlook, right? Recession, already concerns in the macro headwinds. Let's talk about some other concerns here coming in for Rivian. So Rivian announced a voluntary recall for its EV it delivered to its customers after it identified issues with a fastener. Rivian is recalling more than 12,000 vehicles for a potential steering defect. In rare circumstances, the nut could fall Loose uh, loosened fully, he added, of course, causing a potential crash. While we're only seeing seven reports potentially that relates to this issue across our fleet uh, to data, even one is too many, said the CEO, RJ. So I think this is one thing to keep on watch. Now, one thing that they did state last week, they just stated this last week. They said, Well, the company affirmed its full year production guidance of 25,000 units. I wonder if this recall is going to cause them not to be able to reach that number that they just gave last week. So this could be a potential downturn in Rivian moving forward if they're not able to reach their production guidance. And a lot of this will probably be on what? Because they're focused on getting these recalls in and fixed so that they can come back to the consumer and of course not take so much of a black eye with a headline like this and a recall cars are always going to have recalls the major thing that you don't want to see them is struggling on their manufacturers because that's just going to cause what buying concerns buyers remorse not what we want to be hearing in the evs especially a newer one like rivian We'll see what happens there in Rivian. It's going to be a battle to see what happens in the stock like this. It has a good outlook, but moments like this just make me worried about uh, these EVs overall. And Fisker set to release their vehicle just next month. So let's see how this affects Fisker. And I mean, uh, this was looking really good at some point. Now it's looking really bad. It's down there towards its low at 686. And they're, set to release their brand new vehicle and maybe a tough environment right now with the ocean set to be released in November. All right, getting out of Fisker, let's get out of the auto talk. Let's continue going into some other talk that's out there. Let's go into what was hot and what was not everybody's favorite segment. Where we go into the sectors and the industries that we're moving today. This is where we find where the money's rotating And where the money's getting out of. So let's go and take a look. All right. If we take a look at the sectors today, let's take a look. Let's redo the percentage change from the open daily. This is how I like to pay attention to the moves. So today I'm seeing a little bit of rotation back to the utilities. Does this mean it's going to continue to hold? No, it doesn't mean it's going to continue to hold. It just means that the money's going back. These were the weakest ones in the last couple of weeks. If you take a look at it, it was on a four-week losing uh, streak, right? And so now we're getting a little bit of a bounce back. Will this kind of hold? Well, let's take a look at some of these stocks and see what we're seeing on the charts. Let's see a look at the dailies. A lot of these are just going to look like extreme moves that have gone far down enough that are finding a little bit of a bounce, like Duke, like SO, like Dominion. Doesn't mean these are coming all the way back, but it is a good sign to see the XLU find a little bit of a bounce. Can it get back into the trend? So we need to see a two, three-day win streak there for the XLU to show me that the utilities are making their way back. Now let's take a look at what got hit the most. Well, it's in a lot of areas. Let's take a look. Well, first is technology really taking a dump right back down. And if you look here, they got a little bit of a bounce. We were seeing these were the stocks that were leading the rally back. And quickly, they're right back down. Really getting hit hard today. Apple in the red. Microsoft getting hit hard. Google getting hit hard. TSM, look at that last bounce. Every bounce on TSM has been one too short. I've been calling this from the 90s. This looks like really bad time here for TSM And it could keep coming down. I mean, and this is, of course, with the concerns that are out there that potentially China could invade Taiwan. If that happens that day, that day alone, I could see TSM just falling off the chart. Meta down also, continuing down. NVIDIA, new lows. You got to go. Just got to be careful on NVIDIA. It's continued down there uh adobe a stock that we thought would maybe make its little move back got hit hard well continuing on its way down into it continuing down it just seems like a lot of these tech names don't want to hold and when they don't want to hold they keep breaking through those lows and look at oracle got a little bounce last week quickly coming back for those lows all right catching up with the chat what's going on out there uh, don't forget all the auto repos. Yeah. Not going to help Richard. Delinquency concerns are definitely a concern for the overall market. I agree 100% with the EV analogy. I mean, it's the truth. We got to be careful with these EVs. Um, Hey Mitch, can you take a look at Rel? I got you Hammer. Stick around. I'll, I'll try to take a look at it right before I get into our interview. Cause I have a feeling that will go a little bit longer, but I'll take care of that for sure. Uh, Jared Walker, I truly believe that here in the U.S., we're already in a recession. Well, the truth is, I think that recession is going to be actually worse than what we have right now. Because what I think what we have right now is what? Is the consumer strapped for money. And I see what? Still purchasing being made. And so at least I think when we're really going to think that we're in a recession is when we see these retail numbers coming in for the holiday season. That's when it's going to come down to it that, yeah, we've been kind of, you know, playing this game of paying more higher prices, higher prices, higher prices. Eventually we're going to run into a wall and it's going to be a big wall. It's going to be a wall where the consumer finally gets to a point, man, I've been paying all this extra money. Can I afford to still do a a, a big, you know, Santa Claus rally here? Can I buy all the kids their presents? Well, the truth is, slowly but surely, these electronic goods have gotten so expensive that even services are going up. And so with this being said, how will the retail season come into the December And Black Friday times, these are big times for retailers out there. And I think what you're gonna start seeing is the consumer too strapped for money and not willing to put out the money. So then the consumer uh, demand destruction will truly start and begin. And with that, I think will come the recession that everyone's calling for. But we'll see what happens there. Let's continue going. Energy pulling on back. After a couple of really strong days, this is not a bad pullback, but kind of expected for me as I was watching XOM pull back below 100. This is kind of a normal pullback. What will be kind of a normal pullback from this recent move? Well, if I think about it, that's going to be somewhere between here, this 99 or 98.80s down towards 95.84. That's where I can see the pullback happening. I want to see a small pullback in oil if you're expecting another rip. But we'll see what happens with these stocks. Definitely pulling on back today. You can take a look at Oxy also. Big pullback on that chart back towards the 66.80s. And this is not a bad outlook. Let's take a look at this retrace. How would this one look? Well, we're getting right towards those levels where uh, this one looks like it's towards that 38. And the 50% retracements on the fibs. So somewhere between 6650 and 65, I'd look for Oxy to find hold. We'll see what happens to these oil names. Consumer Cyclical also getting hit today hard. And a lot of this in resorts and casinos. Why are these stocks taking a beating? Well, a lot of these are get taking a beating based on what's going on in China. So what's going on in China? Of course, you're seeing reimposed COVID lockdowns that are affecting, of course, these companies. Because, hey, if there's going to be lockdowns, how are they going to get to the casinos in Macau while well, you're seeing them get hit hard? And you're seeing some of ours take a hit, too. MGM. Remember, LVS was kind of leading that last run. And quickly, you turn back around. In just two days, you give up the three-day gain. So we'll see what happens there. Las Vegas Sands. When was another one that was kind of making the moves up and quickly a move right back down with these COVID imposed lockdowns that are going back in China. All right, let's see what other ones we want to talk about. Let's get into the earnings this week that we need to keep on watch at 145. We'll get into our interview. So let's keep going and let's get into some of these earnings this week to keep on watch. All right. So there's a lot that will be going on. I'll have it scrolling down at the bottom so that you guys can follow along. Another way that you guys can follow along, of course, is by Benzinga Pro. All you got to do is go to pro.benzinga.com and you guys can get our earnings calendar. Our earnings calendar is going to go ahead and give you all these dates. And of course, what I like about it is that I filter out some uh, importance, which is Of course, I mean, we get to a point where there's so many earning stocks coming out. I want to pay attention to the higher names and you can go ahead and do this by the filter on Benzinga Pro and filter out some of the kind of smaller names so that you pay attention to the big boys. But of course, you guys can check out Benzinga Pro for yourself. Do us a favor, go to pro.benzinga.com and check it out today. I'll be right back after this trailer. Introducing portfolio synchronization with your brokerage. Now you can securely connect your brokerage account to Benzinga Pro, opening a world of personalization. Screen lightning fast news just for the stocks you own. Set alerts for news catalysts that affect only the companies you care about. It's all possible with a simple click and a secure protective connection. Overcome uncertainty and connect your portfolio to Benzinga Pro today. All right, let's continue going. Let's take a look at some of these earning stocks that will be coming up. If any of them are on your radar, make sure to let me know in the chat. All right, first one that we'll get to that's a bigger company will be PepsiCo, right? How will this stock perform? How will a beverage consumer stock perform in this environment? Well, if you take a look, it was near the top and in the last kind of month really sold off also. So what does that show me? that even defensive names, value names, are getting sold off. So it's not like they're just selling off growth names. They're even selling off companies like PepsiCo, right? And this is not the only company that we'll get, but it's a bigger one for Wednesday. Thursday, we'll start getting TSM. Will we get another warning from a Taiwan semiconductor company? Um, We've gotten so many warnings in tech. I don't think we can use one, but... It is going to be coming Thursday before the bell, so be careful about that. Of course, CPI released that day also at 8.30. That's going to shake up any one of these earnings, even if it does go a direction, could turn things right around. DAL, Delta Airlines, what will happen to Delta Airlines? Will we get back through kind of the pandemic low eventually? You can see that Delta Airlines has been hanging out here around the 28th. Will it come back down towards the 21s with their earnings? And things need to turn around quickly for these airlines. All right, let's keep going. Another one that will be coming out is Walgreens Boots Alliance. And it was getting a big push today. You guys can see it here on the 15 minutes. Definitely getting a nice push up. We'll see what happens here. And you can see in three days, you got those earnings. Thursday, before the market opens, And we'll see if this can really keep pushing. It looks to me like they're trying to uh, push it into the earnings. Can it continue going until the bell on Thursday? We'll see what happens there. It is starting to come back around 33.50. There is some resistance. So let's see if it gets a two-day move and gets towards that 33.50 area. The next one up I'll be paying attention to is BlackRock. Of course, uh, BlackRock uh, look for asset management to get a little bit of a lift, um, but it's been fighting. And you can see here on the recent push, it tried to get up there towards the 200 and just keeps rejecting down, could take that next step. This is one of those that's just hard to call, especially since you're near a low, could bounce off of that, get back above it, but also could take it out and continue the next leg like, lower. BPZ. There's where's the Domino's fans in the chat? Anybody's had Domino's in the last, let's say, two weeks? Let me know. Throw up a pizza or one in the chat. And let me know if you guys had Domino's. Might have to figure out a way for myself to throw up a pizza because I had Domino's yesterday. Uh, but definitely seeing a little bit of a downturn in these stocks. And it just goes to show you that even a cheaper name like DPZ is suffering in this environment. We got to be careful and this is cracking through may lows not june lows for this stock but already cracked and continuing down showing that it's actually holding it as resistance is not a good level to watch we'll see if it can get back above three uh 340s is the level that i would watch if you're looking for bullish action in dominoes if not be careful because it keeps holding below this kind of uh october 3rd low And then if it breaks through there, 300, you could be right back into the twos. So DPZ coming on down and coming down fast. All right, catching up the comments in the chat. What's going on, MD? Saw a great piece. All this on Friday on the compound, Josh Brown and Nick. Well, what are you guys talking about in the chat there? Talking about some Fed talk? We'll see what happens there. Volume is dead today? Yeah, definitely dead. What's the verdict on the eight ball national bank holiday. All I know is that we should have had the day off today. They don't like, they don't like Columbus. I don't know why. Uh, Let's continue going into some of these other stocks that we're reporting Friday. We'll get some of the banks, right? JPM not looking too bad. It was getting a little bit of a bounce earlier. Now coming right back down towards those one Oh fives. These are where, I mean, if we are going to recession, I would be concerned about the banks. And then that continues the downside action going into kind of the pandemic levels. That's where I think we eventually get to. I'm gonna actually delete all the lines here on JPM just so that we can start focusing on what I think is more important levels to keep watch, right? Will JPM get back towards those pandemic levels? Let's see what happens. If it gets through that 100, we could easily back into the two digits and see in JPM right back down. We also will be watching, you know, Wells Fargo. What will happen there? Of course, it could be right back down towards those July lows. The earnings are going to be trouble this season. Of course, we've been seeing so many companies do pre-announcements that we just got to be careful with these companies. It's going to be a tough earnings season, that's for sure. And of course, with that, there's going to be some swings. We need to keep watch to see what will be the next pre-announcement. Will it be a bigger stock? That could definitely turn things around. And then, what will happen next week? Following, you know, we'll get a little bit of some of the bigger stocks. I know Netflix has earnings next week. I'm going to keep watch on that one. I have a feeling that some people are taking a little bit of bullish positioning off of this support around the 220 areas, trying to get Netflix back into the you know the shadow or the window above. We'll see if it can make its way towards there going into their earnings. And it's going to be a fun earnings season. But what we don't need is those pre-announcements. Those have really, truly wrecked the stocks and continuing tech down as we're seeing tech continue down today. All right, getting out of that talk, we're going to be getting into our interview coming on next. Like always, smash the like if you guys are excited to get into our expert opinion, like always, this is where, how we give you a competitive advantage here on Benzinga, getting to the expert opinions and keeping them on for longer so that you guys can get their full perspective and, of course, make your own investment decisions. Let's get into our first interview today. Shaina Orzik-Sissel, how are we doing today? Excited to have you on, CAIA President and Chief Executive Officer at Banrun Capital Management. Welcome on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Let's go ahead and talk about what everyone's talking about, of course. Will the Fed mandate on inflation induce a recession? Or maybe you're in the camp that we're already in a recession.
1: So I am not in the camp that we are already in a recession. Uh, the economic numbers continue to be stronger than people expect. Spending continues to be strong. Consumers are actually levering up their balance sheet for the first time since before the pandemic. Uh, And that has only started in the last quarter or two. So I don't think we're in a recession just yet. Uh, It's very hard to be in a recession when employment is as strong as we are today. Um, People always think, you know, employment, uh, you know, that'll go up before. But employment numbers are always lagging. So um, just keep that in mind, but very hard to have a recession when we have employment numbers as strong as they are today. We continue to have more jobs than people looking. Uh, Unemployment numbers remain low. So I do not think we are in a recession, but I do think we are headed for one. And I do think the Fed is going to push us there. They've been very clear um chairman powell has been very clear in his language that there was going to be pain i think his choice of words is deliberate so i think he's saying that because he believes that uh and so i think that they intend to continue through this process to attempt to get that fed funds rate to four and a quarter four and a half is sort of that target number they're focusing on uh the chicago fed chair reiterated that today um and I think they're very fixated on that and they will do what they need to do in order to get us there, even if that means putting us into a recession.
0: Sounds like no soft landing. But of course, this Thursday, we're going to get that economic data to come in, right? Will the CPI report change the outlook or narrative?
1: I don't think it will. Somebody pointed out uh, this morning on one of the other networks that, um, CPI has come in hotter in 18 of the last 19 reports. I don't think that trend is going to change, quite frankly. Um, And so I I anticipate that uh, the number is going to continue to be hot. We're going to continue to see strong employment. And as long as that's the case, the Fed will stay its course, continue with QT, continue with its rate hike, and uh, until they have a reason not to. And I just don't think they have that right now
0: of course now one thing that we're watching and everybody's starting to really kind of focus on is the midterms and what kind of impact that's going to have on the markets what do you feel will happen
1: so it's really interesting because midterm elections are usually really good for markets if you look back in time and you can go back decades the market usually is very strong following midterms as a matter of fact i I'm going to quote this wrong because I don't have it directly in front of me, but I think it is a fact that after every midterm election in the last 50 years, the markets have been double digit positive uh, in the following 12 to 18 months. I might be slightly off, but it's definitely the majority of the time. I think that will be the case this time, assuming the midterms go as people expect them to, which is you start to see uh, a change in leadership in in, in Congress. Uh, I think a lot of people expect. Uh, Republicans to take uh, over the House and the Senate. I, for one, don't think it's going to be as significant a majority, but I do think it's going to happen. As assuming that that does occur, I think that the markets will react positively. In twelve to eighteen months, we'll continue to see the trend we've seen after every midterm election, uh, even in spite of a recession. A, a lot of people, again, I get a lot of. Uh, Flack for this, but people forget that the markets are forward looking and so they tend to recover six months before recession ends um, and they start to slide uh, six to 12 months before recession begins. So with that in mind, I think the midterms are actually going to be good for stocks and uh, we should keep that in mind as we're positioning portfolios.
0: Now, Shana, of course, we've been recently seeing financial instability, and now the question really starts coming up. Will the Fed crack, break something as they continue to hike these rates?
1: I think the probability of the Fed breaking something is better, uh, is higher than them not. Uh, Historically, the Fed always makes a policy mistake. And uh, if you look back over time, it's it's usually because they act too late. And that's the case here. Um, They were doing QT until March um that our qe until march they didn't stop uh their quantitative easing until march and they should have started that well into uh, last year when they started to see even before they started raising rates that would have been to me the logical thing to do is start quantitative tightening before raising rates but they didn't do that and so policy mistakes have occurred We've already seen the Fed talking about pain, expect to have unemployment increase, expect pain on Main Street. All of these things, I think, are deliberately chosen language. Uh, Then we should expect that the Fed has already made a mistake and they probably already broke something. Uh, That's typically what happens, not the other way around. It's very rare that the Fed does not make a policy mistake.
0: Well, if anything, you know, maybe 20 years from now, they'll still win a Nobel Peace Prize, but we'll, we won't get into that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about what areas do you see for opportunities or ways to balance portfolios here in a rapidly declining market?
1: So anybody who follows me knows that I'm sort of the alternatives queen. I always am talking about using liquid alternative ETFs in particular to help hedge portfolios. And when I say that, I don't mean using hedged products per se. I mean actual diversifiers. So for example, again, this is a name I talk about all the time, have been talking about for years now, uh, but an ETF like BTAL, which is, I'm going to just take a look, year to date up 14.79%. Yes, positive 14.79% uh that's a fund that i really like right now i think in a highly volatile market like we're seeing where there's a ton of uncertainty and a likelihood of a recession this is, a, this is a product that people should have in their portfolios, uh, not just tactically. I, this is actually something I keep in my client portfolios and I recommend um, through any period of time as a diversifier. But right now, I think it's a particularly timely uh, opportunity for this particular fund. I also like other liquid alternatives, like if you really are looking at I know you were talking about this earlier, that the ways that this is uh, impacting. Uh, the geopolitical, the macroeconomic, and even the policy decisions that are being made are affecting some of the energy uh, market. So something like FMF, which is a managed futures ETF that goes long and short, that's another one I really like right now. Again, uh, positive year-to-date 15.23%. Again, positive 15.23%. I can't emphasize enough. These are diversifiers that also take advantage of some of the uncertainty going on in specific markets right now. So that's actually where I really am spending a lot of time talking to people because these are not areas people have looked at before and many people don't even know some of these products exist. If you want to talk about stocks though, one of my favorites right now is a stock, uh, Lidos L-D-O-S. Uh, another stock that is actually positive year to date up 3%, which doesn't sound like much, but in today's market, that's a win. Uh, this is a um, government contractor. They do quite a, they have a very diversified product line. I'm sure if you've been in the airport, you've seen lido's all over, uh, you know, the security checkpoints, uh, because if you have, if you get, um, you know, cue to go through the stupid machine, you know, the one I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) That that is a Lidos machine. Uh, So they they do a lot of different things, but they have a really interesting health science business, both military and civilian, which is sort of their fast growing and profitable uh, product right now or business line right now that I think is really interesting. Not a lot of people talking about something like this. They do have some wartime defense exposure, but not like a Lockheed or anything to that extent. So I think this is a really interesting play in a a recession, any type of company that has a significant amount of their profits related to government spending tends to do okay because governments tend to spend more in recession than they do outside of recession the past few years notwithstanding. Uh, So this is a stock I really like too. There are some other names I like really beaten up and uh, specifically in housing, uh, Camden Property Trust. I also, I'm willing to dip my toe in some of the tech companies I really like Marvel uh but there's some you know macro pressures and some policy pressures there that are concerning. You know, it really just depends you know where you want to make an entry point. A stock that's down 50% year to date might be an interesting stock if you think longer term it's going to be positive for you. That might be actually a good entry point and it maybe you shouldn't be scared of a stock that's down 50% year to date.
0: Yeah, last question was exactly on kind of that kind of stock, Marvell, is uh, what do you think about the tech stocks with kind of AMD's pre-announcement? We had Micron, NVIDIA kind of getting hit, and it seems like you, you feel this is an opportunity. Why Marvell technology specifically?
1: so i actually really do adore nvidia it's a stock that i started following when i got into the business in 2001. so i have a soft spot for nvidia um Mm -hmm. but i like marvell better because it has less consumer exposure uh it's more 5g cloud storage um focus whereas nvidia has a heavy consumer component. And if we're going to go into a difficult period for the consumer, it's going to hurt a stock like NVIDIA more than it is for Marvell. So I think you'll get a better entry point for an NVIDIA Uh, should we move into a, a poor market for consumers, whereas Marvell is a little more insulated from that. And so that's why I have a preference for Marvell right now.
0: All right. Well, you guys have it. The queen of alternatives here, Shayna Orzik sizzle And I will throw up your Twitter here so that everybody can give a follow to go ahead and follow the queen of alternatives. And I appreciate you bringing in some of those funds because like you mentioned, a lot of investors just don't know what's truly out there to add to their portfolio to really bring in some diversification. Because as we see with most ETFs nowadays, they're just like a copy of another, right?
1: Yep. And you get a lot of these option overlays, which people think are alternatives, but really they're just hedged equity beta. So you're getting less exposure to equity, but you still have equity exposure. Whereas something like BTAL has a beta of zero and has correlation to equity of zero because of the nature of how that product is designed. So, you know, people don't tend to see these products or understand how they can work and that's why i like to bring them up i also like to say that i did not anoint myself the queen of alts i give cynthia murphy of <laughs> EGF think tank uh, is the one that did that i just have gladly taken and run with that title uh, so i use it as much as possible now that that somebody has anointed me that
0: hey once they anoint you you gotta run with it i can't exactly. blame you for it appreciate you coming on today Shayna. we'll definitely have you back on
1: awesome thanks for having me
0: thank you there you guys have it, our guest interview today. I hope that you guys were able to get a little edge from that conversation. I think it's an important outlook to keep watch. What will happen in the midterms? How will that affect the stocks? And I think that, you know, one of the things is I don't feel we're truly in a recession now. I know that a lot of people are worried about that because it seems like, you know, the markets are coming down, everything's kind of towards that. But to me, really, what we're looking at, right? What do we need? We need that kind of unemployment really to spike on up. And where that's going to come from, I think eventually from demand destruction that's created by the Fed's outlook of continuing to hike those interest rates. I think that's what she was kind of stating and alluding to there also was the outlook there that if we continue to kind of raise. We're going into that recession. And to think that we'll have a soft landing is very hard now. Seems like the Fed is even almost in the case that they're uh, expecting that hard landing uh, to come through. But that's not one thing that they've fully given us, one thing to keep in watch to see what happens in the rhetoric. All right, that's gonna do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed today's stock market movers. I'm gonna take a quick look into the overall market to see if we're finally getting that little bottoming action. And it looks like we got it. Looks like we finally got a little bit of a bounce. Does this mean that we're gonna completely rip? No, I just think we're gonna stay in kind of a little bit of a, a flux between here, between the 365, between the 357. What will happen? Do we get some sideways period time? That would be a good outlook. Another thing to keep on watch, what will happen to our average true range as we're starting to what? We're starting to see that it's starting to top out around this 1046 and come back down. That could be a good uh, thing to kind of watch as volatility comes down. We won't be expecting so much of that spike and move back down. We'll see what happens. Of course, the CPI on Thursday, that's going to determine a lot of this week. And of course, PPI before that, that'll be coming in on Wednesday. And Friday, retail sales. Well, we start seeing that demand destruction starting to play part in the markets. That's going to do it for us today on Stock Market Movers. Like always, I'm your host, Money Mitch, and I'll see you guys on At The Close. That's going to be at 3.30. That'll be the next show where we go through all the action, the intraday action, what was moving, what was not. Come check that out at At The Close with Joel L. Connor. and I'll see you next time right here on Stock Market Movers, where we get through all the headline and expert opinions to keep you in the informational edge. Let's keep battling. See you next time, team. Right here, Stock Market Movers.